Welcome to Survey Booker Sessions. Tune in to hear from people working in a range of industries and roles to provide you ideas that you can take away and use in your own business. I'm your host, Matt Nally, the founder and director of Survey Booker, which is the leading CRM and survey management system for surveyors. On this week's episode, we have Jen Lehman, partner at Property Elite and director of Project Property. So thanks for coming on today. Thanks very much for having me. Anytime. I suppose for the people who uh, don't know you, do you want to give us, um, I suppose, a bit of background as to what you do? Yeah, of course. So um, I started out my career in surveying, um, I think over 15 years ago now, which is um, faintly terrifying. Um, uh, I've worked in small businesses, um, a national business, and then um, actually about seven years ago now, um, left with my now business partner, Rachel Saint. Um, We've got two companies together. So part of our time is spent um, being chartered surveyors, uh, through project property. Um, by trade, uh, I am a charter surveyor dealing with commercial property and really specifically um, lease consultancy, so rent reviews and lease renewals. Okay. The rest of my time is spent as a partner of uh, Property Elite. Uh, we provide training and support to all different types of surveyors. So I suppose specifically looking at the associate RICS, MRICS, FRICS membership levels, as well as supporting, um, I do quite a lot of work, work supporting students on their dissertations, actually on behalf of um, UE Bristol. So uh, okay. lots of different, um, lots of different roles. Interesting. And how, how are you seeing, I suppose before we get on to routes into surveying and so on, how are you seeing um, how things have changed over sort of the last few years around, um, I don't know, sort of interest in, in who's coming into the industry and, and what motives they've got mm, it's been um I think it's it's been a very interesting seven years on the training business um uh, I suppose at first um you know a lot of our work was with your traditional graduates coming through some of the bigger firms um actually now I think uh, a lot of firms are looking more closely at non-cognate graduates um as well as degree apprenticeships um, as just a brilliant way to get experienced, um, experienced individuals, experienced professionals, you know, whether they've done surveying in the past or whether they're bringing transferable skills from other industries into surveying. So I think the rise of the apprenticeship, um, now some, you know, the, the, the first couple of batches of apprentices have now actually qualified either level three associate or level six MRICS and um, seeing lots of those now fully qualified is um, is 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 pretty amazing so I'd say we've seen maybe a wider wider and more diverse pool of um, people becoming surveyors and having the opportunity um, in lots of different firms to get qualified so yeah it's been quite an interesting um, interesting few years. Awesome it's good to see because that ultimately leads to a better industry in terms of more diverse viewpoints um, you know better buildings we get out of it but different thoughts on how we progress as a, a sector. Um, I suppose that the first thing I really wanted to look at though uh, with you today is if you're a student uh, or maybe not a student yet, but you're looking to go into surveying, um, what are the different routes you can consider? Because I think it can be a bit of a minefield um, in terms of understanding what uh, route to take, how to go about it, what level to go for. So I suppose the first question then is, yeah, what are the different routes in? Do you think? Mm, completely. So, um, if we went from um, from from the complete starting point, so um, let's say somebody's listening is actually still at school or at college. Um, T levels are now um, are now in force, and you can 
uh, find out more about surveying and become a surveyor, starting with um, starting with T levels. I think they're brilliant. Um, I suppose your next step, if you're looking at um, looking at a university course, uh, you've got a couple of different options. Um, I'd say the easiest is always to do um, an RICS accredited degree course. And if you are looking at um, going to university, uh, 100%, um, I'd make sure that the course is RICS accredited because it will just save you a lot of um, time and heartache in the long run. And it means that you're getting that relevant knowledge right from um, right from the start. Um, you can do um, an accredited degree course as part of um, a level six apprenticeship. Um, there are courses as well for level three associates. Um, obviously, the cost to you as a student is um, is very much reduced compared to um, paying your way through university. And you'll have then support from your employer at university um, as well. So um, I'd say definitely look at apprenticeships. Apprenticeships are not just for 18, 19, 20 year olds, they are open to anybody. So even if you're um, a mature student, you can look at apprenticeships um, apprenticeships as well. Um, I suppose your typical <clears throat> typical graduate who goes on an RICS accredited degree course, um, they graduate after their three years full time. Uh, then they go into the world of work, um, ideally into a surveying role. Um, the, the, I suppose the, the cleanest route to becoming MRICS would then be um, two years or 24 months of structured training. Um, a slightly different way to get in, if you already have a degree that has nothing to do with surveying and it's not RICS accredited, once you've got five years experience, RICS have a route called preliminary review um, and you can then become MRICS via that. Uh, the same actually also applies if you're experienced and have Another professional qualification, something like MCIOB, um, or if you're a town planner, for example, you then have an access point into um, becoming MRICS as well. Um, I'd say for anybody listening who's slightly more senior, uh, if you don't have a degree and you're running running a business, running a firm in a senior management position, uh, you might be um, very well placed to look at the senior professional route. And that's 10 years of experience and no qualifications, um, obviously providing that you're in the right type of role. Uh, so it's just the last thing to add on to that is obviously associate RICS. Um, really well thought of, um, as you'll know, in, in the residential surveying sp uh, sphere specifically, but also in lots of other areas of surveying as well. Um, four years experience in a surveying role without any qualifications will give you access um, to associate. And that four years um, is reduced down if you do have some relevant qualifications. So um, it's quite a clear path for most surveyors looking to get qualified. Um, I'm sure we'll touch on uh, taking associate RICS to MRICS uh, and the jump between the two um, later on. There's quite probably a fair amount to say on that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I suppose just stepping back um, one step before we go forward, is are there restrictions you need to think of before you go down a particular route? So, for example, uh, let's say you're thinking of going to university and you know, taking on a particular course. Um, yes, you want to check it's RACS accredited, but are there, would there be an issue if you potentially chose slightly the wrong course in terms of where you then wanted to go within the industry so for example um you did something that was maybe more quantity surveyor focused but actually you then realized you wanted to go down the residential um surveying route that's an, as an example i can think yeah. of 
Um, are, are there considerations you need to think of at that point, or actually is it quite easy to to switch and move later? Yeah, it's a great point, actually. Um, I'd say lots of surveyors do, do in later life switch between um, industries. So, yeah, becoming from a quantity surveyor to a, a residential surveyor, I actually know somebody who did that. Um, in terms of your course um, title and content, um, uh, if you very strongly feel that you want to become, for example, a residential surveyor, um, picking a course that's got residential elements would be a great idea. Um, some of the degree courses are fairly broad, so something like real estate management or um, property management and investment or, or uh, property development, for example, um, they will cover a wide variety of modules. Um, something more specific, for example, quantity surveying or building surveying, um, there still will be some crossover, particularly in the first year modules. They'll, they'll obviously become more specialised um, in the later years. However, um, having a degree in, say, building surveying wouldn't limit you in terms of um, uh, what you do in terms of associate or APC pathway. Um, that's much more defined by the role, the job role you're doing at the time. Um, obviously, if you do quantity surveying at university and then go into residential surveying, you might have a bit of a, a gap in your own knowledge of, um, you know, very specific, um, you know, it could be residential construction or valuation or some of those specifics and I think if you do do a degree course but then look at a different area of surveying you've got the challenge then to make sure that you bring your knowledge um up to the right level um obviously you know there's some great courses out there your own CPD speak to your employer so I wouldn't say it will hold you back it will just need you to be um quite motivated to to, to find the knowledge that you need to feel competent in that in that line of work awesome okay um, I suppose that leads us nicely into the levels of membership uh, and, and therefore, I suppose, deciding how you want to go into it from that perspective. Um, so we start with ASOC, Ricks, and I, the the question I think I had, and possibly I put this the wrong way around, was are there considerations you need to consider around what you can and can't do? And then I think I think that was possibly the wrong way of looking at it. So you might, I, I think you're probably better explaining it than I am. Um but is there considerations around, um, I suppose, progressing into the ASOC RICS uh, route and then what you need to consider in terms of the future? Yeah, so um, uh, I would say in terms of associate RICS, um, there will be things that you you can and can't do. Um, often that will be prescribed by what clients want. So, um, for example, if you're doing... Um, mortgage valuations the lender might require you know maybe for certain values of work for certain types of work you know they may say we require MRICS they may say they require associate um, as an associate you can set up an RICS regulated firm um, and and it is I would say the level of membership that you go for will be a product of of what your clients want um, some of um, some of the bigger firms for, say, um, a quantity surveyor, building surveyor, a commercial property surveyor may have a requirement for MRICS or, or progression to that within a certain period of time. Um, so I think it very much depends upon what part of the industry you're working in um, and what clients require. Um, <clears throat> uh, associate can be a great qualification, obviously, if you want to work for yourself, Um it does give you that ability to then um, register a firm. 
um, and the, the the time scale you'd be looking at would be be realistically between that one and four years, depending on the qualifications that you've already got. Um, I always <laughs> I always think when it comes down to it, the um, type of work that you can and can't do. Um, number one, you know, are there any RICS requirements of, about what type of surveyor can do what type of work, and obviously client requirements, but also are you competent, experienced, and knowledgeable. Um, if you can't tick those three boxes, then um, it, it won't be the right work for you. Um, that's not to say, though, that you can't work with somebody else. You know, you can't bring in a, a consultant to, to do the work with you. You couldn't shadow somebody else to then build up your own competence in that type of work. Um, hopefully that, that yeah. answers the question to an extent. Yeah, it does. I think it's it's um, an interesting way of framing it, looking at more at the, the the competence, experience, and knowledge aspects, um, and demonstrating that versus just what can the very crudely level one, two, three do. Um, so, you one thing you touched on actually was um, you know asset ricks isn't or associate ricks isn't something to consider just as a residential survey valuation, for example. So, it, it, can associates do any type of work provided they meet the sort of competency knowledge aspects? Yeah, I'd say definitely um, probably in every trend we've seen in the last couple of years is more um, more recognition of associate RICS outside your kind of traditional residential um, surveying environment. So um, we've seen project managers, building surveyors, um, commercial property surveyors, so maybe a, a commercial property manager. Um, <clears throat> we're definitely seeing, um, I'd say, growth in other sectors um, becoming associate um sometimes um sometimes people do it as a as kind of a i don't mean a stopgap but a stepping stone before they then go for mrics later on um uh, associate it's <clears throat> it's a written assessment without an interview um so i'd say um it maybe takes you know slightly less time to achieve because you don't have that extra interview element um I know some some candidates really struggle with the interview. So actually associate with just a written submission, um, they they feel suits them a lot better. So that's the qualification that they that they then go for. Um, yeah. But yeah, I certainly think um, you know associate is very well very well respected. Um, yeah, in various parts of the industry, probably just some sectors recognize it slightly more than others. Yeah. 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 I think it's a, it's a good um, point to consider that if you are more anxious about interviews, understandably, um, then actually it's a good way in where it takes the pressure off getting into the industry in the first place, um, and 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 feeling like you can then build up the the um, the confidence and competence and so on to then go through the next steps. Um, how long after if you were to take the Assault Bricks route uh, as an example, then how long after that might you? Or why might you consider going down the um, the sort of member uh, sort of Emrix level? Um, and are there benefits to to moving up? Sure. Um, so <clears throat> so it depends. So it depends. Always, always the answer, isn't it? But um, yeah. uh, associate. Um, if you don't have a degree, associate four years post qualification experience, and then what RICS call the um, study hours route, associate progression, um, would be something you might look at. Um, it's a route that I understand RICS have been reviewing potentially with with the view to overhauling it, but I haven't heard um, anything else. Um, 
Uh, essentially, at the moment, it's 900 study hours um, taken off the last year of an RICS accredited degree course. Um, okay. I suppose your alternative to that might be um, might be looking at a degree apprenticeship, because um, obviously it, the cost implications of that would be um, potentially slightly less. Um, candidates who are associates who already have a degree um, might then look at preliminary review. Or if you're an associate and you have your own firm, it might be then the senior professional route. So apart from that study hours route, I'd say the two membership levels are very, very distinct. An associate doesn't necessarily give you um, give you a, a bigger stepping stone for a starting point to MRICS. Um, I know that um, I know that for lots of associates, um, actually becoming um becoming MRICS lets you use that um the, the term chartered surveyor and that yep. that for me is such a it's such a special term because um it's protected by Royal Charter. Um yep. everybody, you know, we've got chartered physios, for example, we've got um chartered town planners. The 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 public do recognise that a, a, a chartered individual has um you know a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge. So that um in some cases, it might just be a, a personal achievement, um, a personal yeah. achievement to have that. Um, <clears throat> maybe for other, um, other candidates, it's all about career progression. Um, there is a jump up. Um, there is some research out there to show that MRICS, um, so a qualified individual, um, does see a step up in salary. Um, okay. I've got the figures somewhere, but yeah, you do, you do generally see a step up in salary. So that, you know, career progression maybe being put on bigger projects um, yeah. you know, trusted with, with, with bigger clients, et cetera, that can be something that comes a bit as well. If that's, um, that, that's what you're looking for. Interesting. And do you, do you see a, a difference in the route taken depending on, I suppose age partly. And then the reason for I say for that is if you're coming out of uni or going into uni, you might take a course that's rates qualified that then is more easier to go through the, the Emmerich's route or, and then if you're potentially moving across from another industry after say 10 years or however long are you then more likely to work on something that allows you to do that part-time and can and is it easy to do both routes part-time or is is it potentially easier to go down the asset ricks to begin with and then progress up um i th- i in a way i think it i think maybe sometimes later in life um actually <laughs> family work personal life you've got a lot less time than maybe when you were 20 in and fresh out of university so actually sometimes associate later in life um can just be easier to fit in because you don't then have that period of sticking your head down and revising for three four five months so sometimes we do see um candidates going for associate you know purely because later in life they don't have as much time um I say anybody with um, anybody anybody with a degree, um, the the route to MRICS is generally fairly um, fairly simple. It's <clears throat> frustratingly your um, associate qualified candidate who doesn't have a degree but is very experienced that um, if they're not in a senior professional position, they're a bit stuck um, if they don't want to go back and study. Which you know, as we just said. It takes a lot of time so um i think we do have kind of a a, a group of um candidates who might like to become mrics but um they're stuck between a bit of a 
in between a bit of a rock and a hard place at the moment. And I, th- I think I'd love to see our ICS do something to um, bring them through because in, in theory, they're not in that much of a different, you know, they're kind of similar to your non-cognate grad with experience because both are experienced. Um, they don't have, have a degree in, in the relevant subjects. They just need some way to get the right, right knowledge to, to to hit the mark so um i'm sure that will ring bells for quite a few people out there oh definitely definitely then i suppose my my final question from the sort of membership levels and and routes into surveying if you're looking at your potential career progression um why might someone want to go for um you know the fellowship or frx route um and how does that work what are the type of time frames yeah, sure. So um, for FRICS, it's it's a written submission. Um, uh, you have to write a profile about yourself, um, uh, explaining career history, achievements, and then specifically, you've got four statements to write about four fellowship characteristics that, that you choose off a list of 16. Um, things, um, examples are um, things like leadership, um, client management, specific qualifications, um, uh, furthering RICS or other professional bodies, so they're they're kind of your extracurricular, um, being a role model, promoting the industry. So it's one step above just doing the job of a chartered surveyor. Um, uh, in terms of why would you want to do it? Um, personally, when I did mine, it was um, it, it was a it was a personal thing. It was a personal pride. Um, uh, for me, it showed that I'd got, gone over and above um, just being a chartered surveyor. Um, my dad and my granddad were both FRICS as well. So for me, awesome. it was um, jo- jo- yeah. <laughs> joining their, um, joining, you know, their, 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 you know, joining the family in that as well. Um, nice. Lovely. <laughs> yeah, but I know for lots of people, it is, um, yeah, it is just showing that you've, um, you've, yeah, you, you've done extra things. Um, you know you've supported communities others and you've gone over and above and I think you know um, if you've got the time and the experience to do that it, it's such a lovely feeling to um, you, you know to have those extra letters or the, the swapped letter on the end of your name yeah no I, I, I love that and it's a nice story for you actually as well we'll have to touch on that a bit later actually um, I, my, I suppose my only other question that I did say my last one was my final one um, between the different levels and how do you know when it's right to go for, for, for the different ones in terms of we touch back on the competence experience and, and knowledge aspects how, how do you measure when you um, have, have reached the right level in each of those to be able to t- either take on certain types of work or to be able to progress um, mm-hmm. are the frameworks you can look at well I say I always kind of say that your um, your your minimum requirement would be um, a graduate with t- two years experience, um, which in the grand in the grand scheme of things is could be still quite young and quite fresh. Um, yeah. Obviously, then you have such a wide spectrum, you know, up to twenty years experience. Never, you know, never never got membership, but now wants to um, put a tick in the box and have the letters. Um, I think. Um, I think realistically, um, maybe when you change change jobs, that kind of gives you the, um, you know, the go ahead of I need to get that to progress. Um, I think mm. actually speaking to speaking to others at work as well, and you know, kind of um, uh, 
comparing yourself to where where others are and what qualifications they've got um just to see you know if i have similar experience to x um you know reasonably i could go for m or associate as well um the um i think in terms of competence so um both associate and um mrics um everybody has a pathway so for example um the residential pathway um within that you've got a set of mandatory competencies so your your core business skills and then you've got a set of technical competencies um uh, for um associate you've got a, a slightly reduced number of technical competencies and then for the apc they're actually split into levels one two and three um really easy way if you're not sure um if you're hitting the mark yet whether it's associate or the apc um if you were to get a spreadsheet and put the competencies you need to hit um just see if you could maybe come up with um maybe for associate you know maybe could be five to ten really good examples for each competency um for the apc for example it could be 10 to 20 examples maybe for each level um and just see if you've got any gaps, um, you know, or less less examples in a specific competency, and use use that as a bit of um, a bit of an analysis for um, where you are now. If you haven't got any any experience in a competency, you might not be ready to go forward. Um, but if you've got lots and lots and lots across everything, um, that's probably a really good indicator that, um, that 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 you're ready. That's a nice idea, actually. Actually, um, putting that together because it's a way of giving yourself your own self-evaluation and assessment um, to justify to yourself whether there are areas that you might want to spend more time looking at in terms of knowledge or uh, you know going out on site to get experience um, or as a discussion point internally if you if you have a manager you want to talk to about these things you can sort of demonstrate where you, you believe you are um, and you can see whether they think that you're in the same place further ahead than you realize um, slightly behind on other ones that you can then work out a plan together definitely yeah i think that um and even just being proactive about it and going well you know if i want to go forward for um mrics let, let's say you're a building surveyor but you've never done any contract administration um that's a level three competency and it, it's one that quite a few building surveyors do struggle with so you know if you're thinking well you know in a year's time i'd like to go and submit for the apc well, you've got you've got 12 months to go and find um find relevant experience to hit that box so um yeah it can just be such a good way of um a bit of personal development and just um yeah just making sure that you've got the experience um to hit the mark and then you know at the end of the day you're providing the best possible advice to clients and and you you know you'll be a very valuable um employee